What's going on, podcast world, podcast family? Uh, Spencer Davis here from the Church Voice Podcast, back with another episode. Man, it's been a while since we've been in here, Pastor Tyler. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I'm excited to be back in the studio. It's been like a month, isn't it? It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, because I was gone for two weeks, and then we took two weeks off, which is absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. We, we can never do that again. So, but we are back with another episode. Excited to be with you guys. Listen, thank you so much for listening and, and all of your support. Um, but hopefully we can have another good conversation today. Yep. Um, of course, as always, we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded here at Christian Center Church, South Bend, Indiana. Um, check us out at christiancenter.org. You can check out the podcast, uh, sermons by Pastor Mark, um, and everything like that. So check us out there. And um, yeah, and our mission, as always, is building the body of Christ through a variety of voices. And we do that through the avenue of, of church history and historical voices. So, um, but other than that, before we get into our episode, Pastor Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Looking forward to the weekend. We got to bide mm-hmm. this weekend, our young adult ministry here at the church. So I'm excited about that and continuing to get that going. Yeah. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was your 4th of July? I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it was good. Yeah. Um, we were going to go watch fireworks at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. but that, I mean, they didn't start till like 10. Yeah. And Parker was asleep at 7.30. So it was like, <laughs> well... I guess we just chilling here. Yeah, hey, I feel that. I feel so that. we literally just put fireworks on the TV. <laughs> just did a fireworks show hey, on the TV that's cool. and just it works. hung out. It works. You know, so it was. It was yeah. good. It yeah. was good. Yeah, my boys fell asleep. Well, Riley fell asleep during the fireworks, but but Reese was like wide eyed, like this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, Riley, I had to cover his ears because we were we had some like face-to-face fireworks oh yeah for fourth of july we went to my aunt's lake house and their their her neighbor like owns like a fireworks store and so it was it was absolutely insane That's but cool. it was it was a good fourth of july it was a good fourth of july probably honestly i'm gonna be honest with you it was probably like the best fourth of july i've had like either in a long time or just about ever yeah, like it was just it was just that kind of weekend. It was mm-hmm. it was super like yeah we were busy but it was relaxing. You know yeah. we got to hang with family. My dad came to town. It was just it was just rock solid. So yeah, so yeah. I've, Shout I, out to your dad. Yeah, he's a sharp dresser, man. <laughs> oh my goodness, I say that every time he comes. Yeah, but I was like. I'm a okay. Honest moment right here. You can appear into the mind of Tyler Rose, which is a dangerous place to be. So I saw when I was taking Parker into the nursery on yeah. Sunday, I saw you and him standing next to each other. Yeah. And the word I'm about to say has never went in my mind before <laughs> until this moment. I don't know if the youth are just rubbing off on me. Yeah. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. But I walked by. I look at your dad. I said, "Oh my gosh, that dude is dripping." <laughs> Are you I did. That's what hit my mind. And I'm like, I start having a conversation with myself. I'm like, dude, why would you say that? <laughs> like, why? Like, that is, that's never been something that you've thought ever. Check your heart, bro. I know. I was like, dripping? That's disgusting. I don't even like the phrase. Dude, that <laughs> like, is so on. funny. Well, and it's so funny because, like, he legit just had, like, a black T-shirt and jeans on. But it look okay. Like, is it just the way he wears it? I'm I, like. I, it just. 
when it it matters when people's clothes fit right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. it just it makes a he whole does difference. like his his clothes do fit well. They yeah. And okay, the, I'm gonna say something. They fit perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking oh at that. I wasn't like staring. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like me, my clothes. Either my shirt is a little too big. Yeah. Or it's a little too short yeah. in the length. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't have a lot of shirts that yeah. fit exactly right. Yeah. But I mean, when you get one, like mm-hmm. it's like yeah, it's just a t-shirt. But it, it just it, it just, looks <laughs> it looks right. It's drippy. It's drippy. You're just dripping so all over. Pastor Tyler's got a dude crush on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just just on his clothes. Hey, I feel that. I feel that. Well, it's so funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Pastor Mark out because like we had our meeting yesterday too, uh-huh. and like. The first thing he starts to talk about, he's like, man, he's like, it's always so good to, to, to talk with your dad when he's here. You know, he always, he always comes up and says hi. And he said, <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, man, and like with this, this, this face of like bewilderment, oh he's, my like, goodness. Man, he's like, he's just so smooth. The, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, and then he proceeds to say, it's like. And he's like, and he's like, yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm like, I start, of course I start laughing. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, just so smooth. And I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Blah, 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 blah. Like he's always been that way. Da, da, da. He's like, and he, and he's still just kind of like <laughs> ruminating on it. And like in his head, he's still imagining my, and he's yeah. like, he's like, man, it's like, it's like, he's like an inch off the ground. It's yes. like, it's like. It's like he just glides. I'm, into, telling I'm like, you. dude, I'm like, what are you guys talking I'm telling about? you. Like, you're used to it because you've been around the yeah, guy. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very rare that you see people who are naturally cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who think they're cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who know how to act cool. Yeah. There is not a lot of people you meet yeah. who do not try to be. Yeah. They're just cool. <laughs> they're just smooth. They're just. They're like a living, breathing R and B record. Yeah, like they're just. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I just. I saw him and thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it just. It's That's just that so way. funny. Dude. I don't know. That's I so mean, funny. Well, and there's people I think back to who who were the same way, but I'm just like, dude, yeah. I, I, that's hilarious. Yeah. You're a pretty cool dude. I'm trying. Look, you y'all, got, his level. y'all got me wanting to like call him. <laughs> you got me wanting to call him more like that. Like teach me your ways. Teach me your you ways. Know. But like, yeah, I think and I, I think I'll get smoother as I get older. So, you know, hopefully I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't, we won't remain friends. I'll just tell you that now. Just put a little pressure on. Yeah, you. he's smooth. He's smooth. I try. Honestly, I I I, uh, I mess with him a lot just because like I know he gets a big head because everybody thinks he's so smooth. So yeah. I always I always try to make sure I, I keep him keep him humble. You know. Yeah. So, well, I mean, anytime know. he does something goofy, yeah, you just you, oh, yeah. you have to nail oh, him yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, you got to, you got to. So <laughs> anyway, enough about my smooth padre. Um, we've got, so we were going to, you know, I, I, we had, we had some more small talk on the, on the outline, but we're going right. to move on. To That's our, good enough. That is plenty <laughs> of small talk. My dad's head is big enough. We're yeah. going to move on. But, um, but we've got, we've got a, 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 our historical guest, um, this week. And this is a guy, honestly, I, I had never heard of really. And I might've, I might've heard his name in passing or in, in some sort of, reading I've done but I've never I've never really done much research on him but his name is John Stott 
And so before we give our quote and get into our conversation, let's talk about him a little bit. So John Stott was born in London in uh, 1921 and died in July of 2011. So a pretty recent historical figure, but uh, church history nonetheless. Um, He was an English Anglican presbyter. Um, and stop say that three times press, fast. Yeah, yeah, right. Nah, I, can't, I can barely say it once. So we're going to say it once and move on. If you were smoother, you could. Yeah, not that smooth. <laughs> um, but Stott was converted in February of 1938 when an evangelist shared the gospel at his Christian school. Uh, for though he was in a Christian place, he admits that he was spiritually dead. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a powerful story. Oh, we could talk about that. Oh yeah, that yeah. Sure. We're, that's yeah. not what the episode is about. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Stott was most likely no, I mean, most widely known for his commitment to international ministry, um, and partnership. Not only that, he made significant contributions to his local area and on a national platform by serving as an honorary chaplain to the queen. From, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I know. From 1959 to 1991, which is a long time. Yes. <laughs> that's Isn't that sig- insane? It's a significant amount yeah. of time. It reminds me of Billy Graham, who was the advisor to like yeah. six presidents. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's nuts. Um, and he received rare distinction of being appointed an extra chaplain in 1991. His international work, though, is most... Um, widely tied to the founding of the what was it again Lausanne Lausanne movement in 1974 by co-authoring a famous Lausanne covenant this crea- uh, the creation of this covenant outlining um, evangelical theology and re- reinforcing the need for social action is a significant milestone in the 20th century event in, in 20th century evangelism um, Billy Graham was also a part of the committee who crafted that document. So you said Billy Graham, and they kind of got a chance to work on work together. Yeah, um, they did. They're on that. on that committee who wrote this document called the Lasa- the Lausanne Covenant, and they've done a few documents since then. Mm-hmm. Um, one was in Manila, Africa. It was called the Manila Manifesto, and then one what? No, Manila's in the Philippines. Yes. Yeah. And the next one was in Cape Town, South Africa. That's why I was thinking it. it. Called the Cape Town Commitment. But it's this committee of pastors, leaders, theologians, mm-hmm. scholars from all over the world yeah. who work on this one document. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty incredible. That is sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a like the thing said, it's like an, like an evangelical, and I don't even love that word, but it don't matter. Right. Statement of faith. Got and it. call to action. Yeah. Like if I were to adopt a personal statement of faith, yeah. that's what I would choose. Gotcha. That I would just say, see the law saying covenant. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't ask me nothing else. Right. Read what that says, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying that personally right now, or are you just saying if you were an evangelist back then? Both. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, it's, Both. it's that good, though. Both. It's, yeah. that, it's that good. Yeah. Like if I was in charge of crafting statements of faith yeah. for a church or an organization or whatever, yeah. that's what I would choose. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Well, we talked because we talked about the Modesto Manifesto. Um, well, that uh, was something and, different. And the, well, I know, some, I know the Modesto Manifesto was something different, but, you know, I just. It, they they just wrote they came together and wrote a lot of good stuff not they right. as, as but like 
that was just something that they were doing then, you know, kind of like what a lot of the early church fathers did, wrote a lot of documents, put their heads together and said, okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Why is it important? You're exactly right. In that way, it is. Yeah. In that way, it's it's almost exactly the same. People coming together and crafting these sort of manifestos. Right. I mean, they both both (laughs) use that phrase. Yeah. So, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So um, moving back to John Stott. So John Stott also, um, he authored over 40 books and hundreds of articles. His best-selling books were uh, Basic Christianity, The Cross of Christ, and Understanding the Bible. And obviously, we recommend all three of those for you guys to read, to take in. Um, I'll say them one more time. Basic Christianity, The Cross of Christ, and Understanding the Bible. Um, but a fun fact about John Stott is that in 2005, Stott was named in Time Magazine as one of the uh, top 100 most influential people in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, which is huge. I yeah. mean, that's that's pretty significant. But it I is. guess when you're when you're the chaplain to the Queen for 40 years, I mean, there you, you know, exactly. I mean, like that's. That's pretty. That's pretty exactly. significant. So. And he, I mean, he really, really fifty years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you're right. It Dang. is right up at right up at fifty. I mean, to see the way he ministered on a local level, on a national level, yeah, on an international level. Yeah. I mean, crafting documents that that hundreds of thousands of of evangelical Christians would sign and say, "Yeah, I'll make that same covenant with right, you." Right. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, craft, just, crafting a document that you would sign and say, this is my... Life. I know. I would. I would. If I could, I would sign that mug right now. <laughs> That's so funny. It's it's funny because there's a church I, I like to follow in Portland, Oregon, and I was looking at their statement of faith when I first heard about the church, and on the statement of faith, it says... Whatever the Lausanne Covenant is, that's what we are. <laughs> and I thought, yes, yes, that's me. That's me. I love it. I'll love send it. it to you. Yeah, I, I want to read it. Yeah, I, I, read I it. sent it to Wes. Yeah. And I, I had to ask him if he's, if he's read it all. It's mm-hmm. extremely long. Mm. So it took me a couple of months to slowly work really? my way through it. Yeah. To, to actually ingest what they're saying. I mean, you Instead could just, of just blowing right, through it. Yeah, you could yeah. sit down for a few hours and read straight through right, it. Right, right. But to really kind of take it in, soak it all in. Yeah. And I, it's, it's one of the foundation pieces for me. Mm. Like when I need a reset, I go, mm. I go read it. Yes. Yeah, because usually, it to me. yeah, usually statements, statements of faith, and they're not bad, but they're just like, you know, we believe in the Bible, it's yeah. God's word, and it's inspired. <laughs> yeah, the word of God. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our sin. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, this is what yeah. we believe, but that is different. Yeah. I mean, it's we were talking about exhortation mm-hmm. right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. It's exhorting and uplifting. Yeah. Just to read, like it really mm. draws you into, yes. These are the essential claims of our faith, and this is what I'm going to do about it. And it's it's so well balanced and nuanced. Mm. It's really not from a particular theological perspective. It's right. just this is what we believe. Yeah. This is the core. Yeah. It's really really good. Yeah. Well, I think due to it being a cooperative effort, I think that's where you get that mm-hmm. that 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 depth and that that perspective, yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah I want to read it. I want to yeah. read it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's an international collaborative effort, and yeah. that just goes perfectly with exactly. what we wanted to talk yes. about today. Yeah. 
Because when y'all came back from the trip, you know, the, the team that went from Christian Center to Brazil, I kept noticing something yeah. when y'all talked about it on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you kept talking about how you guys went with an American American perspective. Yeah, American mind you, for those mindset. who are listening who, who may not know, we, we, we went with Overland Mission. A group from our church went with Overland Missions on an expedition for two weeks um, in the Amazon area um, of Brazil. So we, we got back on the 21st of June. And, um, and so, yeah, we've been back for a little while. But just, just so our, our listeners good. who may not know about yep. the trip yep. can kind of yep. you know, connect yeah, to that, that in, well, that's in, good. Uh, in the work that Overland is doing. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm glad that you said yeah, that. Yeah. By the way, we had Jonathan Abernathy on yes. a while back yes. from Overland Missions. So y'all go back to that episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about Brother Lawrence with him in one episode. Yep. Actually had him on for another, too. We did. Where we talked about David Livingston. Yep. Or Livingstone. Yeah, Livingston. Livingston. It's Livingstone, okay. but you say it like Livingstone. That's right. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's, that's where what I kept messing me. up yeah. on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everybody who talked talked about they went to Brazil with an American mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to minister to you. You need my help. Yeah. And came back with they ministered to me. Yeah. And I was changed because of what happened. And it just got me thinking about this quote from mm-hmm. John Stott that I wanted to read. This is not from any of his books. This is actually from a sermon he gave Really, um, at one point. He said, we must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. Mm. It seems that quote is like so simple. that I think a lot of people would hear it and be like, yeah, okay, yeah, duh, uh, he's a global God. Okay, well, if it was so easy, then why are we so focused on that American mindset? Yeah. Why is it that we believe that America is the new God's chosen people, like we're the new Israel? Right. And everything God's doing in the world revolves around us. I understand that we live here and that a lot of what we believe God is doing is going to be about here. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one thing I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing. <laughs> yeah. Is people... When they say the church and they make claims about the church of Jesus Christ, yeah. when really what they mean is the American church. Yes. Because I'm going to say something controversial here. I'm just going to go ahead and, and let everybody know that. Go ahead. we're going to go somewhere today. I release you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But it, I just think it's something you and I really felt like this was something that needed to be talked about. Was I heard a guy say one time he was preaching. And he said, the church of Jesus Christ is dying. Yeah. And I thought, no, what you mean to say is some parts of the American church is dying. Oh, yeah. What you mean to say is the American white church is dying. (laughs) That's what you mean to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because when, let's just be honest, when people say that, most of the time, that's what they mean. Yep. Yep. And, And to be perfectly honest... It is a racist comment Mm. to say the church of Jesus Christ is dying Mm. because you are neglecting not just what God's doing in other churches of other ethnicities in the United States. Not that they don't have their own trouble because they do. You you have been very honest about the black church in our conversations and even on here Mm -hmm. when we've had those kind of discussions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not dying. Right. And, and, I mean, you look at all other kinds of churches. Latino churches are sprouting up everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. They yeah. are alive and vibrant. 
There are the Chinese churches, Korean churches, Islander churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there's everything yeah. just here in the States. Right. But then you look at what God is doing all over the world. Mm-hmm. The gospel is spreading like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I don't, I don't call a whole lot of things racist because I mm-hmm. think we're pretty loose with that term yeah. nowadays. And I don't, and as a white man, I, I don't, I don't get to call things racist yeah. a lot, yeah. which I think is fair. Yeah. But to me, that statement is racist. Mm-hmm. When we equate the American white church or even just the American church in general yeah. with what God is doing all over yeah. the world and yeah. the church as a whole, that to me is, is wrong. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very very, very careful yeah. um, with the way we talk about what God is doing. Yeah. Because as you experienced mm-hmm. in Brazil, the gospel is still powerful. It's still spreading all yes. over the world, and people are still being transformed. Just because we're complacent yep. doesn't mean we got to act like everybody else is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's speaking to that exact same statement, because when, when I say the church is... When I say... The Church of Jesus Christ. I mean, unless I'm talking about like the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints, like, <laughs> like, like unless I'm saying that, uh-huh. like you're exactly right. It's not dying, right? And so for me to say that, what that what that says is that because I'll be honest with you, I have had the same inclination, and I have maybe even said the same things on some certain levels, mm-hmm. but but that's but I know for me personally when I'm saying that. I'm saying that outside of a global Christian mentality. Yes. You know, because again, when you look at these places, because that's me saying, I'm I am saying that under the guise of what I see in America. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, <laughs> I should more so say that America, <laughs> like, yes. the, like you said, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just repeating what you're yeah. saying, but the American church is dying and not, and not the global church. Yeah. And so I've got to, I've got to check that mentality. Yes. Um, because the lethargy and the coldness and the compromise that's happening in front of our face here yep. is not what's happening no. over there. <laughs> and like, and and when you say like we were so impacted when we went on this trip, um, I, and and if you ask anybody who went on that trip for that two weeks, they'll they'll tell you one of the greatest impacts was the crew on the boat. Yeah. So so we weren't the crew. <clears throat> we mm-hmm. we partnered with another ministry, another local ministry. Yes, go who, there, talk about yeah, it. Yes, yeah. yes. So we partnered. So what what we did, um obviously this was a a an evangelism trip. Like we didn't go and build wells or a house or a school or anything like that. We literally went to just minister Jesus to people and bring Jesus to relevancy to these villages along the Amazon. We spent three days in three different villages. Um, and, but, but the whole time we, we had partnered with Overland had partnered with a, um, a local ministry, a local pastor who, um, who pretty much manages a boat and has a crew because you, you can't, you can't do ministry on the Amazon without a boat. <laughs> right, like, right. Like, it, it is impossible. Yeah. Like you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, and you're not going to reach people yeah. it's unless such you're an expansive yeah. territory. It, it is. It's huge. And so we part. They partnered with this ministry, and we had the privilege, the absolute privilege, of having this. I I, I can't even really. It's hard for me to describe these individuals. 
So we we were on this boat and this crew managed the boat. The pastor wasn't there. He was going to come. He had other obligations. But his crew managed this boat and managed this expedition um, and and served us in a way that I've I've never experienced in my life. Yeah. And I've I've never seen people with such a heart of service, with such a diligence, with such a um all the while with such a joy. I mean, I mean, and they're sweating, they're working hard, they're cooking meals, they're doing dish. I mean, and it, and mind you, these people are not being paid. Yeah. You know, they're not like, and they, they might get something, you know, from an offering or whatever, but they're not like, they're not going, they're not on the boat. From my understanding, mm-hmm. when I, when I talk to the missionaries, they're not on the boat with the expectation of getting paid. Yeah. They're on the boat in service of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, so like, again, everybody that you talk to from the expedition will say like the, the crew changed my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and like, and mind you, they're on fire. They're in the devotion time. They're in the night meetings. They're going with us into the villages. Yeah. They're ministering alongside us. Even with all the work they're doing, like you're with saying. With all the work they're doing, all the serving, you know, you've got one young lady watching the children from, you know, the missionary's children all day, every day, and she's coming out and she's ministering. You've got her sister who is cooking all the meals, doing all the dishes. I mean, we were we were doing some of that, yeah. but like, it was almost like they wouldn't let us <laughs> do, like, we. you're in there doing the dishes and, and like, and all of a sudden they're in there to like, and you can't get them out. Like you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't tell them not to serve and yeah. to not, and, and they weren't doing it to override. They weren't doing it to be better. They were doing it just with such a joy and such a, such a heart for the Lord. And mind you, they're, they're ministering to us in the devotional time. They're, they're, they're weeping and crying and praying over us. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, like, I mean, I'm talking. They're 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 kneeling at your feet and praying for you. Man. Like I like, dude. I've never yeah. experienced something like that from yeah. a group of individuals. Yeah. And I'm I can't even get into the pastor because oh, we please do. I, I please can't. Do. I just can't. Please do. But because like, and and I'll I'll describe it this way. And I think Jonathan, you know, the the expedition leader uh, for Overland in Brazil. Um, he said it best. He's like, there's just some people that you just, you just experience Jesus. Like it's none of them. Like, but like you just, you, you, you feel like you're with Jesus when you're with them. Yeah. And like, that was this pastor. And like, we only, we only were with him at the very beginning when we got on the boat. And then two weeks later, he was with us the last day. Yeah. And like, with us for the last night meeting and he gave a devotion on the way home, but I have never, I have never, I've never experienced Christ from an individual like that in my life. Yeah. And, and the reason why I know it was legit was because of the crew. Yeah. It, because those are his, those are his people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's who he pastors. Right. And I know by their heart and their service and their, Th- their fruit. Yeah. I know that what I experienced from him yeah. was legit. Yeah. And I say all that to say like the church is not dead. And like it, it's not until we get outside of ourselves, outside of our outside of our borders or at the very least outside of 
outside of the rhetoric that we that we receive yes to say wait no like there's a very living church like the church of Jesus Christ is not is not and I and I I described it this way the church of Jesus Christ obviously we know is not a building but mm-hmm. nor is it the borders of our of our country exactly you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. we have this mentality that everything flows from the states and it doesn't exactly. you know it, it, it exactly. really doesn't like are are we doing a lot of work in other countries yes but everything does not flow from the states. The spirit of God does not flow from the United States. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what I experienced on that boat was the spirit of God flowing, not from us, yeah. but like from them to us, whether it's in their service, whether it's in their praying, whether it's in their in the, the devotion that the pastor gave. I'm like, wait, like God is doing a a, an amazing work here and it's not just there in brazil it's right. everywhere everywhere and like we have to have that mentality and i'm not just speaking this as like oh yeah i've been on a mission trip and, and like mm-hmm. oh i'm so changed but it's like but there there there's something to looking outside of one ourselves and right. two um america yes you know and not not under the guise of I am the help to the nations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but but that but that but that God is in the nations. Yeah. And and I can be a part of that work. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? We can co-labor together. Yes. In what yes. God is doing. And we can we can go into these different nations and like you said, be a part of the mission of God for that place. Yes. That's why I love the Lausanne Covenant and everything that came after. And really this, the whole, it's more than just documents. It's a whole network of people called the Lausanne Movement. But what I love is that it centers around the kingdom of God and what they call the mission of God. Mm. That God is doing something in this world and it isn't all these different random things. That the scripture says he's bringing all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ. Yeah. That's his mission. That's what he's doing in the world. And so there are these different unique things and different little smaller missions under the banner of this whole mm-hmm. mission of God mm-hmm. that he's doing all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we have to be a part of what God's doing, yes, in America, but all over the world. Yeah. And, and, and what I love about Overland is that it's not all short-term missions trips. No. Like the expeditions is just one facet of what they do. Yep. They have sector missionaries who live in that nation, who are with those people, Mm -hmm. who are contacting with them, sending teams where they need to be. They've got a discipleship program. Yeah. They've got, and then they have more of the humanitarian side in some ways, different things they do in different places. That's just beautiful. But they understand the mission of God. Yeah. They understand having that global vision. Mm -hmm. And they understand the contextualization of the gospel. Yeah. I think that's one th- I wish I I wish and I I hope to one day be in a place where I can help with what I'm about to say. But I wish every single person could hear the gospel preached in a foreign nation from a foreigner mm. and to preach the gospel in a foreign nation to foreigners. Mm. Because it's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. When you look at the American gospel and the way we talk about it in the States, and you go overseas, it ain't the same. It ain't the same. It ain't the no. same. And either we have to say, either 
either they don't know what the gospel is, mm-hmm. which would be even worse in the American mindset, yeah, or or maybe we've lost our way to some degree. Mm. And now this, okay, this isn't us saying we hate America. No, um, America is dead. America doesn't know what the gospel is. That that isn't. That's not what we're trying to mm-hmm. say. What we are trying to say is that there's there's some things we need to look at yes. again. Yes. Some lost loves we need to look at yes. over again. Yeah. Some some foundational pieces we need to look at mm-hmm. all over again, and we need to do it with a global vision. Yes. We need these other places and these other people. And these these theologians and these pastors from all over the world, we need them to speak into us yes. and remind us of what the Scripture says yeah. and what the gospel is. So maybe everybody can't do that. Mm-hmm. Go overseas and preach the gospel and hear the gospel. I'll tell you what we all can do. Mm-hmm. We can we can expose ourselves to what the church globally has to offer yeah. through articles, through mm-hmm. videos, mm-hmm. through books. Mm-hmm. We were talking the other day. And I was telling you, one of the most influential books I've read on the Holy Spirit was from an African theologian. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah. He just, is he sharing from a bit of a different perspective? Sure. Yeah. Because he's talking about the Holy Spirit from the background of African spirituality. Yep. That's what he's contrasting. Yeah. Whereas when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're contrasting it with... Uh, secularism mm-hmm. and humanism of the states. You know, reason is above supernaturalism. Right. So it's different perspectives, but it's the same truth. Mm-hmm. And so allowing the riches of the global church, both historically and presently, yeah, taking those resources in and and making sure we don't take what they're saying and Americanize it, yep. really let it stand on its own. Yeah. Those those are going to enrich us yeah. in the way we see God, mm-hmm. see the world, and see the gospel. Yeah. Well, because the context of the individual is just as important is just as important as the context of the teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you look at when you look at where it came from, like you said, contextualizing it with African spirituality you know in the in the potency of the holy spirit in in contrast to to african spirituality exactly. that that makes it look very different whereas i can read and we talked about this whereas like but if i don't have that global mentality i'm going to read his stuff and say this you know <laughs> and, and just like I, like you said just adopt it in my american mm-hmm. in, in my american way yeah. and not really give weight to where it yep. came from yep. and like and the, the, the cool part about, like, Pastor Marquinhos, you know, who I was talking about, um, you know, that it, when he spoke, it gave – I had the context of, one, the crew, but then when I looked at, like, what he does, like, he's in the, he's in the mix. Like, he's in the trenches with, yeah. with these people and, like – I mean, he's digging wells and he's in the Amazon and he's, you know, roughing it. And it just gives such context to to the things that he said. And we even talked about Watchman Nee. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Like we, we had an episode about him and it's like, yes, like this man says some incredible stuff and yes. his teachings are so good, you know, but when you think about half of his teaching being written in prison you know yep. under under the uh, you know chinese 
persecution, like yeah. that changes the whole context of what mm-hmm. this man is saying. Yeah. And so we we can we can draw so much more value yeah. out of it when we have the context of, of where it originated from. Exactly that. You know? Exactly that. And when you think about the origination of this faith we call Christianity in in and of itself. Yeah. None of it was started in America. None of it. None of it was none birthed it. in America. None of it. Not even now, close. Not even close. <laughs> I mean, it, it We're was, so far removed. Exactly. Exactly. It was, yeah. it was in the Middle East and in Africa and yeah. in Asia. Yeah. That's where this movement called Christianity had its had its birthing place and where it spread first right. and foremost. Right. And then yes, has the West has the Western Hemisphere in America had a large role to play? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but so has everywhere else. Yeah, and we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, um, especially now if if we if we had Jonathan and his wife Samantha on here now talking about missions work, they would talk about how there's a lot of American missions agencies who end up doing more harm than good mm. because they go to these places and it's it's basically a new form of colonialism. Mm. Oh man, they go over there. And they try to make those people American Christians. Yeah. I mean, there was there was one time where uh, Jonathan tells this story. I want to say it was in Africa. I hate to even mention it without him telling it because mm-hmm. he would tell it accurately and tell it the best. So maybe one day he will. But he talked about they go to this they would they went to this little old church. It was either in Africa or in the Amazon, one of those two places. Mm-hmm. And and they go in. And the church is just completely dead. There's just there's mm-hmm. no life in it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was Catholicism mixed with some Baptist teaching, yeah. mixed with some African spirituality, yeah. mixed with some voodoo. Like it yeah. was like it was like all these different mixtures. But you go in and people had these suits on, mm-hmm. and like I mean, and you go around and you're like, whoever came in here. Whatever mm-hmm. missions organization came in here, I think it was Catholics, and I think it was the Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they like a pope or a, not a pope, a priest showed up one time, told them they were all Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, gave them some nice clothes to wear, and hadn't been back in like fifty years. Mm. I mean, it's just it's these kind of things that are just detrimental yeah. to the growth of the church. Yeah, and so when we go like what Overland does in the Amazon, we need to contextualize the gospel. And the effects of the gospel to them. Right, right. Because I tell you what, you can't go to the Amazon and teach the prosperity gospel. Not at all. You can't go over there and say, we serve a faith where we always win and we yeah. never suffer. You can't tell them yeah, that. not at all. Because it's not true. Yeah, because they're suffering daily. Exactly. In, in one way or another, whether it's small uh-huh. or large. And like, you know, even the messages that we had to preach, like, it was like you you, you couldn't go certain places because it's just not that you can't preach the whole of the gospel. Yeah. But, like, you can't – you just can't you, – you can't and should not Americanize it. Exactly. You know, and it's like – but you said something really good. It's like, you know – Maybe in some ways we're we're missing it, you know. Yeah. Like, and that's okay. Like, yeah. it, but but that's why it's important to to consume content from around the world, like yes. Christian content from from different theologians and ministers. That's why it's important to connect with with ministries that are doing things around the world. Connect with yes. a missionary. Connect, like, like if you can't go, connect at the, at the very least. You know, and and begin to get that perspective. Yes, because it's it's just it's so it's so critical 
because again, going back to like, I think we all just learned from this crew, like, wait, I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, there's something I'm missing. There's something I'm missing. Yeah. Like, like, why, why, why must I complain? Like, mm-hmm. why, why can't I give of myself? Why can't I let people in? Why, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's, but, but when, but then when you look at our Western culture and our American culture, and again, I, I love, I love being here. Like, I, yeah. I, I appreciate, you know, everything that God has blessed us with here. Mm-hmm. But like, and the freedom we have to do a lot of these things that these other places don't have. 100%. So appreciative of that. But, 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 but also when you look at our, our, our weakness in some areas, mm-hmm. you know, our, our affinity for complaint um, in difficult situations, our, our, affin- our, our lack of service, you know, sacrificial service. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Our, our unwillingness to, to connect even with each other yep. to some degree. It's like, yeah, we are, we are missing some mm-hmm. of it. You know, we are. But when you, when you get a chance to connect with, with those individuals, with those people, with those places, you're like, wait, I, 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 I can give a little bit more to Christ. Yep. I can give a little bit more to to my local church. I yep. can I can get over the church hurt. I yeah. can I can navigate this difficult situation with with a with a spirit of joy. I can yeah. I can I'm going to I'm going to be all right. You know yes. what I mean? Cuz God is doing some very real mm-hmm. things in, in in everywhere else and not only is he there but he's here with me and he sees my situation. Yes. And like I can I can keep going. Yeah. I can I can give a little bit more yeah. for the Lord. Absolutely. And so I think that that perseverance and that diligence and that that service, you know, is something that we can all do a little bit better. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And I I'll just, I'll say one last thing. Let's have a renewed commitment to pray for the church all over the world. Mm. Um Oftentimes we're not we don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, and I'm not trying to sit on my high horse and say I know what's going on no, because I, I don't. I, yeah. I I don't. Yeah. I don't and that's something I have to get better at. And one thing I have found that is a great resource for that is with the Law Sane movement. This is, you know, with these same people we've been talking about. They have an email that they'll send out once a month. It's either once a month or twice a month. See, I don't even know. <laughs> but it's called Praying for the World. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll send updates from what God is doing in nations all over the world. Mm-hmm. So this most recent one, I got to read up on how the church in Iran is exploding mm. under great persecution, but it's exploding. The gospel is just yielding amazing fruit. Mm-hmm. And so every every month, it's a couple of different nations uh, they talk about needs. Mm-hmm. They talk about ministries. They talk about all these different things. So it's just it's one way to stay up to date yeah. on what God's doing all over the world because we want to pray for America, yep. for awakening here, for God to help us mm-hmm. continue moving in our lives and in our churches and in our nation, mm-hmm. but also for nations all over the world. Oh yeah, and that's that's one good way to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think when it when we connect with the global church, it changes the prayers for the American church. Yes. It, it, it changes, it changes our desire. Um, because, because I think sometimes our desires 
um, are not necessarily helpful for right. what for what God wants to do. Right. And so when we connect with the global church and we see what's happening and we see whether it's persecution or service or you know just what what the Holy Spirit is doing in these places, it can it can change the prayers for the people here. It can change um, the ministries that we're doing here. And so I think that's that that should be the goal is to connect with with all of who God is. Exactly. Not just not just who we understand him to be in our limited understanding. Exactly. You know. So um I pray that this episode has blessed you. Um we're gonna bring it in for a landing. Um thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh forgive us for any uh audio quality issues. We we had some issues so we're we're recording kind of remotely. Um, you know, apart from our regular studio, but we'll yeah. be back again next week. Uh, listen, leave us a review. Um, catch up on some episodes if you haven't um, heard them all. We've we've got we've got kind of a backlog, so yep. um, if you haven't gotten through all the episodes, uh, check them out. Leave us a review, uh, like us. However, what however you can show love to the podcast, show yeah. us some love. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. Um, and we will see you next week. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>